Damn it. <laughs> that's the first thing. Like, that just was gold. Did we get that? Just said something funny and we fucking didn't get it. Damn it. That's the only funny thing I'm saying today, too. What movie are we doing next week? <laughs> what movie are we doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to watch that Woody Allen movie with Sofia Coppola. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus fuck. Christ. Fuck. I was talking to about, because she has glasses and she was saying she has to go get her eyes tested on the weekend because she said her vision is regressing after she got LASIK. I was like, oh, cool. What's it like to have LASIK? And she said that she She's had- like, Not she got, cool. No, she, she said it's awesome. She said you right. got it like seven years ago. And so she had like seven years of 2020 vision. But that's what they say, yeah. And it gets worse. But, but so now she's like slowly having to get glasses again, hmm. which must be frustrating. Sorry, LASIK again? There. That's fine. Yeah, you can. I, I assume you can, but it's like mm. eight grand. Yeah. Because it's three grand per eye. Which is hilarious that they charge you. Can per you just eye. get one? Can you imagine if you got one, you would just be walking around like you'd, you'd want to all the time. You'd want to throw up. That, constantly. Like, I reckon that would really <laughs> fuck you up. Yeah, they're like oh, they're they're doing you last in the day, mm. and they <laughs> Doc runs out of time. He's like, ah, finish it later. I'll give you give me an eye patch and come back on Monday <laughs> yeah, morning. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That's just so having funny. just getting one. I mean, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if someone. Um, strapped one of those like drunk driving glass lenses that they give you in like your L's course. Yeah, fuck. Inside your eye permanently. <laughs> did you get to do that? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we did it in psych as well. I never get yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, but also, you've never had the counterfactual. I've never actually driven on LSD or whatever, so I can't yeah, say right. if they were just like funny glasses or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to scare you. Yeah. Like, look how fucked this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It turns out driving on LSD is awesome. It's sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not the takeaway. Uh, it is the takeaway. And uh, I'm going to go and do it with my parents on my L's. Uh. <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. Hello. How Hi. you doing? How, Here we how are. How are we? Back again for another regular episode of our fortnightly podcast, mm-hmm. which comes out every fortnight. Yep. I'm worried that if up. I start doing <laughs> bi-weekly, I'm just going to descend into the bit that David, David yeah, Anthony yeah, does yeah. at the beginning of the dollop. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Because for a while it was bi-weekly, because that doesn't matter. Fine. Hello and welcome back <laughs> stop, to another episode. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> it's the next episode of Beef Station. You get it when you get it, okay? <laughs> Shut up. Be ready when it's ready. No one's ever messaged us about this. Get out of the kitchen. feels so neurotic about it. <laughs> like every right. episode he's like, fuck, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So here we are, back again, this mm-hmm. week in a, another collection and a series we're doing on uh, movies that white teenagers like, white oh, teenage yeah. boys like. Yeah, yeah. So what have we done? We've done fucking, we've, we've been talking about on the podcast, fucking <laughs> Alien, Fight Club, Fight Club, yep. Heat. Yeah. Uh, there's probably a whole bunch of other ones that we did recently that aren't just me attacking you for movies you watched on your off time. Oh, good but, movies. Uh, yeah. uh, back, back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. Fucking hell. In, in t- in <laughs> us being like, have you all seen Back to the Future? So yeah. this one is us... Uh, Talking about the Matrix. You all seen the Matrix? Yeah. How fucking sick is the Matrix? Yeah. Find out later in the show. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, we might might kick off with a, a bit a bit of news, a bit of our beefness or pleasure. We'll tell you what else we've been watching during the week. Uh, I'm saying this tended slowly to give Andrew some thinking time. Mm. <laughs> some thinking time. Mm. It's been a little bit of time. It's been oh, a hot minute. I've got some while. stuff on my list. I think I have a few things. Yeah. Great. Well, let's uh, let's start off with the news then, boy. And let's we'll see, we'll see how we go. All right. Cool. Beef bullet. All right. Kick things off. B. 
biggest bit of news that's surfaced and then the m- biggest announcement that has come out and then the, the thing it's promoting has also come out since we've recorded. Right. Is this a new fucking Borat movie, dude? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Borat 2 was teased, annou- announced, teased, and then released. I think it came out like today. Yeah. As where I, I think so, or maybe today or like yesterday. Friday, it, I think it was Friday in the states. So yeah, today, some some fucked mm, time in the morning like today. Just come out within the last couple, last day or two, as we're recording this. Yeah, um, I didn't see the first one. Did you? Have you ever seen Borat one? No, we talked about this before that we might right. have missed the boat on it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would watch it. I guess. I don't think I might watch this new one, but I don't, I don't think I don't find him very funny. Usually, like it's it's a bit of. It's not really cringe comedy, but it's enough oh, like... Yeah, I think it kind of is. It kind of is, but yeah. then it's enough like... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't summarize something that I haven't really seen. Whatever. Borat 2 is coming out. The biggest um, controversy that's come out about it... Rudy, 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 Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to bang my daughter? <laughs> yeah. oh. Do you want to fuck a 15-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, he does. So without spoiling Borat 2... <laughs> Spoiler alert for Borat 2. Um, apparently, the main theme of the movie this time around is that Borat is back mm. after 15 years out of the cultural zeitgeist yep. with um, his now 15-year-old daughter, played by an actress named Maria Bakalova, who is 24. Yep. But in the context <laughs> of the movie... She looks closer to 15 than 24, right. i got to fucking say. In the context of the movie, Maria is playing a 15-year-old, mm. and Borat's gag is that he's come back and he wants to better ingratiate himself into the American into American society, and so by, what he's going to do is he's going to offer his 15-year-old girl as a bride to Trump. Yeah. Um, and the gag of the movie is him... I don't, I don't know. I saw a screenshot of him like taking her to a dressmaker and you know whatever, like yeah. do- dolling her up, dolling this fifteen-year-old up, and the you, everyone understands where it's going. And um, went to like a Mike Pence rally, dressed as Donald Trump and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pulling pulling stunts in the same way that he did last time. Yeah, one of the key points in the movie is a, some sort of scene which neither of us have obviously seen, where um, his fifteen-year-old daughter in the movie, this is played by the twenty-five-year-old actress. Um, gets an interview with Rudy Giuliani and they go into some hotel room to do an interview and like a press junket staff thing. And Rudy Giuliani thinks that she's a real 15, a real teenage reporter that he's doing a real interview for. And he's just behaving in a very creepy way. And they get it all on camera. Well, it's asks, all in the movie. Yeah. She's, she asks if he wants to go upstairs or something and they go to this room that they've prearranged. Yeah. With. It's like, it's a little bit entrapment-y, but, but also it's, but it's, it's also entrapment like, about a 15-year-old. He so could have... Rudy Giuliani is the adult in the situation, and exactly. he could have he said, no said no at any point in time. And I, I was reading a couple articles earlier today where... Um, anyway, he's lying back on the bed and like... Got his hands in his pants. his hands down his pants, and some people are like, who's just tucking his fucking shirt in? It's like... He said... Rudy Giuliani on Twitter said, I'm just tucking my fucking yeah, shirt exactly. in. Yeah, so, exactly. So, like, the, the, the best source to ask about on the issue said they're just tucking yeah. the shirt in, but he definitely looks like he's getting ready to get that thing sucked. So... <laughs> It's really fucking yeah. bad. Well, I, so I, I read an opinion piece on it from Collider, um, where they were just they were sort of summarizing the scene a bit and talking about <laughs> their it. opinion. It's bad. <laughs> it they, looks real bad. Well, it was interesting. They, they did a um um 
they they sort of had there was some interview with uh, Sacha Baron Cohen where he was talking about how he was obviously he's still still putting this young woman in a room with this creepy old right, guy. So he yeah. was really worried about her. And so they had cameras that were being fed to a team and he had like his phone and he was being texted constant updates of what was happening because he was sort of hiding in this closet that they had built in the hotel yeah, room so yeah, that he could yeah. burst in and rescue her from the situation. And apparently as soon as he Which got as soon as he got the happened. message that um Rudy Giuliani was lying on the with his fucking hands in his pants. He burst in and like in character as Borat and yeah. like diffused the situation a bit. He was apparently all dressed in like lingerie. He was. And he I goes, think he was. He wearing- goes, Rudy. She is too young. Too. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Too old for you. And yeah, Giuliani explaining what happened because he actually reported it. He filed an NYPD report about it when it happened, which is pretty <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> called the cops on himself. Yeah. He, well, no. Yeah, he called the cops on Baron Cohen, like <laughs> busting into the room because he probably realized it was some sort of B- fucking Borat ruse. cock blocked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, how's this? So, I'll, I'll, I'll well, re- let me be. Let me be honest. The NYPD is more likely to help you out with that <laughs> than they fucking are to actually help you out with any real crime. So I will read out on. this opinion piece from Collider. Just this little paragraph here. The whole thing. Um, the whole. The whole thing. Strap in. <laughs> to be clear, Giuliani's in the wrong here, like completely without a shadow of a doubt. As far as Giuliani knew, he was being interviewed by a teenage journalist on camera. Despite he and Bakalova's uh, character going into the bedroom in the back of the ensuite, in the back of the suite, Giuliani was still in the power position here. Instead of declining to go into the bedroom and not have a drink with this character who was right, a minor, that's, yeah, that's uh, instead thing. he goes in there. He could have stayed and stood up to adjust his shirt and jacket after taking up his microphone. Instead, he made the bizarre and somewhat nauseating choice to lay down on the bed to adjust himself. That's, that's the thing that I feel like they, they orchestrated that was kind of pushing it, is that they got her to take his lav mic off. Yeah. And, and that's that's perfectly normal. It's very normal for a sound tech to come and like do the lab for you. And sometimes, yeah, like often I've been on film sets where there's female talent, the lab mic is like on their bra or something. Yeah, but so, there's like a, there's like shots of but him. But it's a like, 15 year old. Like yeah. you should just be like, whoa, fucking no, I'm not touching this. Yeah, like, well, there's also like shots of him like with his hands on her back in uh, the, like a yeah. weird way. Well, where, this like, is the thing. Whatever. Like, I don't know, man, Epstein. Like, it, 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 there's just people who. If they think that they're being... And this is the thing that these types of people, I think... I'm going to make some um, allegedly's here. Right? Go on. So, allegedly, these types of people... Beef station's about to get cancelled by the fucking mayor of New York. <laughs> allegedly, these types of people just kind of, like, are so out of touch with the way that society works that they think that people would actually be flattered enough to be around them that they would kind of want to encourage this type of behavior. Well, that and was so what this article... This is, I he just doesn't this really think that anything is wrong and he thinks it's feasible that someone would sort of... Yeah, a 15 year old would hit on him like this. Or yeah. some shit like that, yeah. It's and that so, was what this article... so sick. That's what this article ended up with and it was like, whether or not you think that he was trying to fuck her... Yeah. It shows the level of behavior which he thinks is normal and acceptable around right. a fifteen-year-old girl. It was like even the bare minimum of like him lying on the bed. It was just weird. Like it's like the the, the way. That, again, we haven't seen the scene, but like the way yeah. that he was conducting himself was weird enough. Without even if he was saying like, "Oh, it's you all should... fine," it's like it's weird enough that it sort of shows how acceptable. He when you're that, that age is. and you know that she's that age, you like the, the there's a screenshot that you just showed me that's in that collider article yeah. where he's got her hand on like. He's got his hand, top, like, on sorry. her waist. Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, top of ass. Yeah. Like, you should just never have... That should never have happened. No. There's no feasible no. circumstance where you should have needed to reach your hand out to a... No. And, and what I think that I don't... That's not particularly, I guess, significant in, in of itself. It is, yeah. but it's not. But, like, it's indicative of what he's comfortable doing and, and what he thinks that the process would have been, and that, that shit's really gross. Yeah, so, it is. 
onto a funnier. On, how's, how about a, f- a funnier headline to lighten things up a bit? Sure. <laughs> God, I think what? it's funny that it fucking happened to him on camera. Oh, hilarious! I think it's so funny. Go Sacha Baron Cohen. Yeah, he must have went. He must have been very stressed for his actress, oh, yeah. and also winning the fucking lottery in his head at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You're like holy fuck, we did. It must have been a little weird because he was probably like, "Fuck, I hope he goes for it. <laughs> fuck, I hope he goes for it." And I hope. I can stop him in time before someone yeah. gets really uncomfortable. Fuck! I hope he goes for it, and yeah. he did. He well, like, she said she felt she said she felt very comforted by the lengths that they went to to make sure that she was safe the whole right. time. So yeah. whatever, yeah. great. Next headline: James Bond news. Yep, movie that's not coming out until April twenty twenty one. Just to remind you, No Time to Die produces poured. <laughs> 8,400 gallons of Coca-Cola on an Italian street for a James Bond stunt. Daniel Craig came up with the idea. Would you like to guess... This is an ad. ...why they did that? Uh, you won't. Sewer water. They, no, it wasn't to replicate any kind of fluid. Oh. They poured the Coke on... Oh, to, to clean make, it. ...to make the street less slippery. Okay. The producers of No Time to Die have revealed that that's really straight from Enemy. The producers of No Time to Die have revealed that they used 8,400 gallons of Coca Cola, which cost them. This fi- is an ad. 55,000. Whatever. This. 55,000 pounds yeah. onto the streets of this Italian street. Then they then let it dry so that it was sticky. Right. They made all the streets sticky so that the uh, stunt double motorcycle rider was able to build up enough speed on the streets yeah. to get off these ramps and things. God. I spent I, mean, I spent nearly 60,000 euros spraying this soft drink around Metera, Morrison told Total Film this month. I've been spraying Coke on slippery surfaces for a very long time. He added that the drink also makes things look incredibly clean after you've washed it away. There you go. So there you okay. go. I was almost right. Oh, it's not mad. I mean, I've heard Coke, I've heard people do that with Coke specifically. Coke's got enough weird shit in it. I haven't heard no, people it's doing all, that. No, it's like, it, it works with lemonade as well. It's the carbonic oh, really? acid that cleans it. Yeah, okay, it's just well, any, any soft drink. Mineral water would do it too, but it wouldn't make it sticky, probably because the sugars. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> hilarious. <clears throat> hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious that like that. There's no better solution than like let's just get all the Coke in the world. I'm gonna buy up all the Coke yeah. in this fucking ne- oh, whatever. Sigourney Weaver filmed parts of Avatar 2 underwater. She held her breath for over six minutes and was tied down with weights. <laughs> it wasn't on camera. That's James just how, Cam- they, how they got her to be on screen. <laughs> James Cameron and the Italian mob tried to fucking kill Sigourney Weaver for Avatar 2. Yeah, they were like, we're going to fucking tie you down. Do the fucking scene. Do the fucking scene. <laughs> She apparently I'm not giving tra- you the rebreather until you do the fucking <laughs> lines. Uh, uh, preparations also included training with elite military divers so that she could hold her breath. She's like uh, 65. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Some of, this, some of this old woman underwater and tying her down. Well, speaking of... So we saw Alien, right? We. I saw Alien, right? Yeah. Have I told... I don't think I've talked about that. You did. You talked about I did? Time. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sigourney Weaver continues to fucking rule. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, that's it. So great, you know, more evidence of that. Cool. Um, one last, oh, two more headlines. Jared Leto is set to return to his role as the Joker for Zack Snyder's new Justice League cut get of me, the movie. Get me envelopes and a box of fifty Ansels. <laughs> um, so he, they, they're going to do like reshoots and like for this. Oh, re- he's going to be reshooting new version. Of so the, the joke Justice there is League, that he, he mailed come to people in envelopes and used condoms. All oh, right, that's yeah, that's fuck, he's, so he's a gonna fucking. So he's going to be lunatic. Yeah. Reshooting, yeah, he's going to be once again shooting. Yeah, shooting his load into reshoots so, because because there was a family tragedy. 
Yeah, okay, cool. He's going to be shooting loads. Gotcha. That's no, I actually honestly wasn't listening. That is funny. Oh, I fucking know. <laughs> she said, reshoots about 10 times. I was like, fuck, someone's talking to me. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let me read this <laughs> yeah, article in peace. There were two people on this podcast. You're like, whoa. Because <laughs> um, uh, Zack Snyder was on, was originally directing Suicide Squad, and then he left because yeah. he had some family tragedy, and someone else finished it. And so he's apparently re doing a new version of the movie, like as he intended, which involves adding some stuff back in that the new guy cut. And Is this whatever. A Snyder cut? Yeah. Who right. gives a fuck? It'll be yeah. terrible anyway because it's Zack Snyder. Yeah. All right. Um, our next segment is, of course, beefness or pleasure. So we'll hit it with the music. a pleasure of beefness or pleasure mm. of course the segment where every week we do spend the latter half of the episode very rigorously breaking down our movie of the week but also you know and that's have, and that's our you know that's the that's the beef that's that the beefness in. that's our line of beefness <laughs> <laughs> how is it taking us 20 episodes yeah. to get to our line of beefness I feel like i just opened my eyes for the first time <laughs> Which is a reference to the movie that we're doing this week. <laughs> <laughs> and now all I see is beefness. Oh, yeah. I get to see, yeah. Beef, sirloin, sausages. Yeah. I said to, so- I said to someone, it's, I was joking, I said to someone, we have a podcast, it's like a beef-themed movie podcast. And they were like, oh, Do you how does that work? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we, we just talk about movies. It very rarely relates to meat. Um. Fuck, it's a stupid name. Yeah, anyway. The more that you talk about it, the more stupid it is. <laughs> got to stop talking about it now. Yeah. We're lo- losing credibility <laughs> yeah. by the yeah. second. Um, but, of course, we also deal in a, uh, a long line of pleasure. Mm. We have a lot of off time. And we don't just watch movies for beefness. We watch them for pleasure as well. That's right. So, here we are. And that's my are. time. You fuck off my time. <laughs> exactly. This is our... Uh, well, we can't make a third joke in a robot tax, but the point is that we have movies that we watch that aren't for the show, and this is the time where we would talk about those movies. Yep. I watched Boogie Nights okay. last week. A little Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it for ages. I had a fucking awesome time, man. So mm. it's it's uh, it came out in 1997. The biggest people in it are Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds. I'll tell you, Mark Wahlberg is the biggest person in it, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Don if you've Cheadle. seen the final shot of the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? He got a big peen. Oh, great. Have you, so you've seen it? Yeah. Yeah, great. Spoiler alert for Boogie Nights. Mark <laughs> Warwick has a giant fucking penis. Uh, yeah, a huge cast of characters. He actually doesn't. It's uh, ostensibly normal size. He has a massive prosthetic. That, yeah, well, so, so that the, the premise of the movie is it's set in the 1970s during like the golden age of porn being a very profitable industry. And Mark Wahlberg is this sort of deadbeat high school kid who uh, pursues a career in porn. Yeah. Because he has a giant dick. Yeah. And he's like gifted by God to do porn. Yeah, he's like, you know, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? In that, (laughs) it's like his dick. It's like that <laughs> right. when people want to. So it's like a running joke almost the whole way through the movie. Or like they it's like it's mythologized how big this character's dick is. Yeah. Um 
to the point where all you want to do, much like in like The Thing or Alien, where all you want to do is see the monster. <laughs> you just want to see the dick. All you want to do is see this dude's dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it very intentionally never shows you like a full nude Yeah, it, it almost does the Austin Powers thing where he'll like Yeah, yeah. Walk yeah there's past. like a teacup passing yeah. in front of it or some shit, yeah. <laughs> it was such yeah. a fucking fun movie, man. It was really fun. It was really silly. Um, I think I could most... So you've seen it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I could a most ago, accurately uh, describe it as like a goofball, screwball, porno version of Goodfellas or something. Yeah, there's a lot of screwing balls, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, but in the same way, it's like Goodfellas, I guess, porn. is this crime movie that's more about the people than it is about the story. There's no story in Goodfellas. It's yeah. just about like random shit happening to these dudes for 20 years. It's not nearly as much about screwing all balls. <laughs> but my point is like, this movie is more just about this cast of characters and what happens to them over the course of like, I didn't realize it goes over the course of like 20 years. Yeah. Um, and it's more just about the people in the movie and sort of well, what classic, they get up to classic, in their life. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. It, it is a it's a character study. Yeah. And I guess it's less like hyper focused on one particular character or type of character than like there will be blood yeah. or anything. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it sort of takes place in this weird setting of the seventies porn industry, but it's really about these people in their life journey over that. But it was two decades. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So hilariously funny. Uh, Heather, Heather, Graham. Heather Graham is great in it Fucking. as a porn star who never takes her roller skates off ever. Yeah. <laughs> Watching it as a reasonably, uh, horny teen. <laughs> great watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know why I agree with that so emphatically. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I'm I would have given to watch. <laughs> and I agree with that. <laughs> um, that was an Al Pacino impression. It was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slipped into Al. I've, I've, I've just finished the edit on that episode. And I'm I spent a, a long fucking time cutting little, cu- cutting little clips together to put into the episode. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know for a fact, for example, that that was your, <laughs> that was your impression of the walking your doggy. It was with, literally that. Yeah, right. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't pull can't the owl wool over my eyes. <laughs> yeah. All I see is Al Pacino now. <laughs> yeah. um, Fuck. All I see is heat. Irish. Fuck, yeah. Fucking Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Awesome fun movie. I, I I wish I'd watched it earlier because I fucking loved it. Mm. Um, instantly one of my favorites. I reckon. Mm. Um, one thing that I was distracting is something that I heard discussed on a movie review podcast we listened to, and it's just that there is like constant fucking needle drops in this movie like they play like a big 70s hit every two minutes and it was made in like the 90s, the 90s. right so, so it's like period stuff yeah so right. it's uh, <laughs> yeah it's like blink 182 nirvana but no it wasn't like it didn't get made in the 70s and so it had like contemporary hits it got no, made in the 90s in, and they're yeah. emulating that in stuff. the same way as like guardians of the galaxy has like a greatest hits of the 70s yeah. type playlist so it's very intentionally that needle drop style it's yeah. not just that it happens to have bangers because like Oh, right. No. Ex- yeah, right. No. So, yeah. But, like, it's it's almost... Distra- it is distracting. Like, right. there are points at a party where they ne- they don't even let a song finish. Like, it's background music, not... It's not diegetic music. It's, like, the soundtrack of the movie. Mm. And they'll have some 70s hit that'll play for, like, a minute, and then there'll be a cut, and then there'll be another different song. It's like, fuck, man. Just I, I get it. you got a cool soundtrack. Like, yeah, there might yeah. be, like... If you told me there were 40 different songs in this movie, I'd believe you. Yeah, the, yeah well, that and it's be. a great soundtrack, but it, it it broke me out of it a bit to be like, this is like the third pop song in this scene. Right, I get it, bro. You got a cool soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Seventies are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like almost my favorite genre of music is pop and rock from that era. Yeah, for you to be saying, "Holy shit, dude! 
slow down. Yeah, that is like, fucking it bro, must I get be it. insane. And I had <laughs> yeah. someone I had someone on the uh, Filthy Casuals podcast talk about the idea that like maybe this is one of the first movies to do this to do that. Retrospective seventies greatest hits style playlist, but no, like Scorsese's been doing it for ages, and like what it is a Scorsese, yeah, it's, but no, it's a Marty thing. Boogie yeah. Nights is awesome. John C. Riley is fucking great in it, right? Burt Reynolds is great in it. William H Macy is great in it. There's oh, like, and there's of course, like eight uh, different. Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Philip Seymour Hoffman is so good. He in plays it, such a fucking. He is an insanely good character. Like I know I'm not breaking any ground here, but like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is he has such incredible range. So timid and shy and creepy in this movie. Yeah, that he, he's. It's not like any other character I've ever seen him play. There's no. He's not like confident or suave. No, or like, or like insightful no. or like um, anticipatory. It's he's like a fucking creep that just loves to be around these people and follow them around. And, and he's this weird like wet blanket of a character. Yeah, like, he is. Oh man, it's such a good performance. So, all every performance in this movie was awesome. Yeah. I hadn't seen Burt Reynolds in a movie really at all, and he was fucking great. And this is like this porn king. Yeah. Um, also, Mark Wal. I didn't know Mark Wahlberg's porn. So Mark Wahlberg plays some character, this kid, who then changes his name when he gets into porn. And yeah. the porn name he chooses is such a stupid fucking name that I didn't even know what it was going to be going in. Right. Hilarious. Best part of the whole movie. I almost don't want to spoil it. No, don't spoil it. I it don't was, remember what it was. Yeah. Uh, absolutely astounding. And like they all bask in the glory of the awesome name he's chosen. And it's the stupidest name in the fucking world. Yeah. And every time they say it, they say it like they're saying Elvis Presley. Oh, I remember it. Yes. Yeah. I just remembered what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Go in on Boogie Nights if you haven't seen it. It's such a dumb movie. It's really fun. And it's very well made. I think it was only like his second movie. So it's astounding that he was able to put something of this scope and scale together. Yeah. Yeah. Really That was cool. it. Did you watch anything that's worth, worth I talking feel like about? I, so, okay. It's been a fucking while since I watched these, but I don't think I've really talked about them on the podcast before. Well, I watched a few of the Bourne movies. Did I talk about these? No, you didn't. Go I for don't it. think so. So, I watched a couple of the Bourne movies recently. I think I watched the first two. Um, They're it's been fucking sick movies when I watched them 10 years ago. Them. Do yeah. they date well? I mean, I think they date okay. Uh, and uh, we, so my partner and I watched uh, Mission Impossible 3. Three, I think. Isn't that the one you said is the worst one? <laughs> no, two is the best. <laughs> right, okay. John Woo's one, in my opinion, doesn't fucking hold up. Um, but I watched Mission. We watched Mission Impossible Three, and I thought, like, fuck, I haven't seen. The- I I really don't know if I've ever properly watched the Bourne movies, and so That's I started wild. watching them. I think I have watched them, but like either ages ago yeah. or not paying attention or whatever. Um, so what's the official beef like, station verdict on them, man? They're pretty good, and the first one feels very like it doesn't feel dated in the way that it's made but it feels dated in like it's aesthetic and they've all got this like weird cold color grade over them that yeah is very of the time so some shit like that doesn't really hold up too well um but i just wanted to talk about this one particular moment that stuck with me which is that i don't think i've seen Clive Owen do a particularly <laughs> incredible job and I just don't think I've seen him in many movies he's in he's in Children of Men right? I don't think I could ever really place um, him the only reason I know who he is is because in the Ricky Gervais show ages ago Carl Pilkington comes up with a, a ludicrous idea for a movie yeah that turned out to be a Black Mirror episode like years later right but um, the people he casts is like 
Clive Owen and Rebecca De Mornay, who apparently were actors that haven't been a fucking movie for ten years. So yeah, all I know so is that he's an actor from ages ago. He plays another one of so basically it's I feel like it's a little bit like John Wick in the end of the, I don't know if you remember sort of towards the end of the first one, but well, it's not even yeah, towards I've the end. Never seen this guy before in my fucking life, man. John uh, Clive Owen. Yeah. Okay, so he's the main character of Children of Men. Um, which I think is what he's best known for, but he's done heaps of shit. He did Inside Man. He did Shoot 'Em Up with John Woo. He was in Sin City, which I've never seen, but mean to. He's done a lot, and so. But I, I always do see him as kind of that. I, I feel like he, his real heyday was like the mid two thousands, maybe even like yeah. late nineties, maybe even mid nineties. <laughs> but and, he's um, in this movie. But he's in this movie, and uh, he plays like so. Uh, uh, this uh, shit happens with. Like John Wick style, where they sort of send out a text, and all these fucking hitmen are like, and it's these old ass fucking phones. <laughs> fucking activate, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think the born, the first born movie was like two thousand two or something, so they would have been like, <laughs> it would have been like flip phones, yeah. at the time, Nokia's, and yeah, shit. exactly. Um, oh yeah, and that's right, uh, Clive Owen's phone, he opens it, and the UI is like sideways. He's like <laughs> opening a flip phone, but it's landscape. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, um, there's this moment where, uh, and okay, I guess spoiler alert for fucking nah, whatever. the first Bourne movie, Matt Damon uh, <laughs> has managed to wound Clive Owen, who's like the final assassin coming <laughs> after him. Yeah. And he fi- they're, they're in this open sort of field with like waist level grass in it. And so he sort of <laughs> s- spots him moving and I think he shoots him and catches him, but yeah. he doesn't kill him. And so he walks up to him and Clive Owen basically like, I don't know. It's just this performance. He just, they have a few lines of interaction, which is essentially boils down to, um, you know, J- Jason Bourne like walks up with his like gun out and he's like so on edge because he's just, he knows that this person will, is able to kill him if he's yeah. not careful. And Clive Owen's just sitting there like, I'm fucking done, man. Um, oh, I remember this. And he talks to him in the most human way. Well, how many you got with you? I'm not going to ask you again. I walk alone like you. We always walk alone. Who me? Who are you, Rome? Paris? Treadstone. Both of us. Treadstone? Which one? Paris. I live in Paris. Did you get the headaches? Yeah. I get such bad headaches. You know, at night when you drive in a car. I don't know, maybe it's something to do with the headlights. What is Treadstone? Tristan said pills. They said, go to Paris. Is Treadstone in Paris? Look at this. Look at what they make you give. The first, you're like, Jesus, like, that's not... You you kind of expect him to be like a fighter or maybe silent or whatever, but he he, he initiates this conversation. And then I the still don't know whether you're leading is, up to saying this is a good performance or not. It's fucking amazing, right? Okay. <laughs> and it's like he's completely come to terms with his. He's, death it's like he's talking to an old friend at a bar. It's amazingly human, and yeah, it right. just made me think like, oh fuck, Clive Owen. Like I don't know if he always gets it right. I don't think I've really seen him in other stuff. But if his if his acting is, it was the most convincing short character performance I've seen in a really long time and I thought Clive Owen was just this guy who like you know 
could do action movies, but like couldn't fucking act. Some I wallpaper fucking. I fully believed him yeah? in this moment. It's that's it's, awesome. It's such a sad fucking interaction. That's such a weird thing to Go pick back, up on. I, I know, but <laughs> I think it's because it's the first time you. He's like this silent killer. Yeah. And then the first time you get confronted with him, it's such a bold choice by the writers as well to make to him have such a very human character. Flat. Yeah, yeah, but he's so friendly to him. He's like got a smile on his face and stuff. Yeah, that he's is not wild. just like he's not kind of commiserating in like this I failed to kill you like samurai sort of yeah. way. He's like, Fuck man, this sucks so much, right? <laughs> and Jason Bond's like, Who the fuck are you? And he's like, God, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. <laughs> And you're like, you feel for Clive Owen because he knows what's going on and he's just like given up on all of it. Yeah. He knows that he's going to die. He's like, I just can't believe... It wasn't... He basically is saying like, it, it's not fucking worth it, but we don't really have a choice. And like, what's not worth it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, you've got this amazing character disparity where the character that you have empathy for is just like ignorant and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Sort of has an idea, but... And then there's this weathered dude who's like friendly about the fact that, yeah, one of us had to kill each other, man. Absolutely wild. If you had told me an hour ago to try and guess what you were going to talk about, it would never in a million years... That's the I've only bit of that movie I care about. That you were going to talk about Clive Owen's performance in The Bourne Identity. That's the only <laughs> bit of that movie I care about, man. I'm glad Clive you Owen, I, I... Did you like the movie overall? That yeah, in, it was fine. In my fine. head, that's one of the greatest action movies ever made. I mean, it, it's pretty good. I don't like... um, Who's the woman from Run, Lola, Run? Uh, I, uh, sorry, I can't yeah. remember her name. She's got like a strange name. Franca Potente. Yeah, okay. So, fuck me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Franca Potente. I don't really love her as an actor. So, she's fine in this movie. Um, but you spend yeah. a lot of time with her. And then in the second one, you're supposed to like give a shit about their relationship. And it's like, eh. Yeah. Whatever. I think it, um, in my head it was one of those action movies where there's heaps of oh no it's not there's not heaps of cuts because Jason Bond learned how to do all the fighting right I think so Matt Damon I, it, learned it how to do heaps it, of fighting it didn't strike me as like cheesy at any point it's quite serious and it takes itself very seriously to its strengths and uh, yeah it was good it holds up if you're in the mood for like <laughs> if you're like I want to watch Mission Impossible but I don't want it to be like this funny experience with like Simon Pegg wa- cracking wires or anything it's, yeah. it's very like tense you <laughs> care about what's happening and also <laughs> I think man, we've talked exclusively about dude movies from the early noughties I know but like <laughs> hey, we did like Lady on Fire or whatever um, we, yeah. we, we gotta pick some sort of like Israeli romance movie or something to break out. Uh, let's pick a fucking it. Palestinian romance movie, okay? Oh, God. To break out of this funk. Yeah. Now, the, the Born Identity, again, not a hot take, fucking rocks. It's Yeah, it's good. But honestly, Clive Owen is the best part of that movie. <laughs> you have that, that'd be a cool little short film. Just have that fight scene. Literally, yes. It's such a strong scene. It could have been one of the first scenes written. Like it's It stands alone as like this wonderful piece of... Where it's clear what both of the characters are, but it's fucking compelling to hear them. It's shocking when the first time he speaks. I'm not kidding, man. This this understanding sort of smile that and this sadness in his eyes that he's got... It's an amazing performance that isn't happens it, for like 15 seconds. Isn't it crazy that for some people that acting technique, it's like a, it's like a mechanical thing that you can switch on. Like they yeah. learn how to move their faces in that way. Like he, he just, he can just switch that on whenever well, he maybe, wants. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah, he maybe, had to fucking think like, about a dead zone, kid yeah. or something. But yeah, it's, uh, it's different for every actor, but it's, it, it was, I was uh, hugely impressed. I thought like, I've never seen Clive Owen be this much of a human. <laughs> um, yeah, really crazy. Yeah, anyway, right. so pretty good. Yeah, that, I think that's all I've 
sort of seen recently. I mean, yeah, I, I saw Alien. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we did that last week. That's right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. All right. I don't think I have. I don't think I have anything else either. Cool. This week, <laughs> the film is. Oh yeah, The Matrix. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is happening to me? The answer is out there, Neo. It's the question that drives us. What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? They're watching you, Neo. Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we are the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. Time to talk over the movie we're doing this week, I suppose. Uh, if our other segments have run their course, we're doing... In our long line of 90s white boy movies, <laughs> the fucking Matrix, yeah. bro. And everybody knows what the effing friggin' fuck the Matrix is about. <laughs> and the effing in that stands for F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and the F in that stands for fuck, dude. The Matrix is pretty good. Have you seen the Matrix? It's pretty we're good, g- dude. We're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> For being too funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I thought, like, I think that is an impression that is for no one but me. <laughs> of the of the nine people that listen to this podcast, I think no one also listens to that podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, I would that say was it's very funny. I'd say it's inspired by, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. Everyone fucking knows what The Matrix is about, so let's not fucking recap the fucking plot of The Matrix. Okay, so, so let me ask you fucking Thomas this. Anderson. Shut the fuck he's up. He's this computer programmer for a big fucking software. What did you love about this movie, and what did you hate about this movie? Damn. Did it hold up? So, I... Oh, when was the last time you saw right, it? Right, so we both went to a high school where they... Taught this class in like religious ed. Oh, God, taught this movie yeah. in like religious ed. And, and I got so a I, new teacher when they taught it, and the, we didn't fucking study it at all. We just watched it, and he would pause it and be like, "Hmm," and then we keep watching it. And I fucking hated it. It ruined. It <laughs> well, ruined it. If it me. makes you feel any better, we didn't really talk. I don't really remember talking about it either. I thought we were going to have this bull deep dive into it. Maybe we did, but I feel like at the time, no one gave a fuck about the religious ed classes we had to do. And it was like year 10 and no one gives a fuck what grade you get in year 10 religious ed. Yeah. So I also don't think we got any sense. The point is the last time I watched the movie was in year 10 and it was supposed to be this deep dive analysis of all the religious allegories. And I don't remember any of that shit. I think as far as we got was like, Neo is Jesus. Morpheus is John the Baptist. And Trinity is like, you know, the Holy Trinity? Well. <laughs> Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Like, I think literally all I got was that that lo-fi analysis that I hate, where it was just like, Neo is Jesus, and Morpheus is John the Baptist, and Trinity is a reference to the word Trinity that also happens in the Bible. Yeah, as in the Holy. I think that's one of the things that's frustrating about re-watching this, is just how, like, people have tried to put this... It's quite a... I think this is... 
This is not a hot take, but I think this is one of the best movies ever made. And it's f- it fucking sick. You what are- is a hot take is I think people try to put this fucking plot in a box because they think that the Wachowski siblings at the time, the Wachowski sisters, were writing a story about another story. Like, they really needed to be like, oh, this is a retelling of the Bible. Or like, shut the fuck up. It's not about the Bible. It's about fucking Buddhism. And it's like... It's, it's kind just, of a story. I mean, like it can be this original story that just references all that. There shit. There are class yeah. readings of this. Like I was thinking about the the like because I just like to sit there for a couple of minutes while I'm watching a movie and think like, oh, I wonder if there's any like Marxist thinking in this movie. And like, yeah, of course, this is a this is a movie about revolution. It is a movie about revolution, but it yeah. doesn't have to be a movie about that. It's the people have said it's a movie about. Um, uh, awakening to the social construct of gender and becoming like accepting yourself as trans because that's so close to the the heart of the Wachowski sisters and, like yeah I don't think it's necessarily about any one of those particular things I think it's about a person that is in the bounds of a system that realizes <laughs> I thought you were going to be like it's about a person who is in the matrix yeah, no. <laughs> so that's someone who's in the Fucking Matrix. They're in this computer. It's in the fucking it's a, title, it's dude. It's about a person it's who a is computer in program. a computer simulation of the real world. Yeah. And it's about these machines that harvest the human's life like force batteries, their dude, energy. It's a fucking Duracell. Neo, <laughs> Neo's in Jesus. He's a fucking Duracell. Morpheus fucking explains it. Triple uh, A movie, double A battery, dude. Um. Yeah, so I just the, the the lowest five takes of movies that try to say this is one particular thing or the other. It's yeah. not, it's not fucking about that. It's about waking like Tom Morello yeah. style waking up and like realizing that that's a rage against machine joke and realizing that the system that you're in is often only perpetuated by the fact that people don't try to confront the system that they're in. And when you do, you become an outcast, but there are similar people like you on the outside that you then have to form like a fight with. And that can be applied to so many different things. It can be applied to class. It can be applied to race. It can be applied to like gender politics or socio-political stuff. And it's about having to learn Kung Fu really quick. Yes. It's about fighting, dude. And sometimes it's about being uncomfortable with this weird metal pole on the back of your head. And it's about your like cool girlfriend learning to fly a helicopter and stuff. (laughs) And it's about those windows bending like they're made out of water when they're actually made out of glass. And I'm like, fuck, would that really happen? Would it really look like that? Is that like a real shockwave? through glass and then watching it again I'm like fucking of course it's not like a real <laughs> so you asked me what I thought I was fucking impressed I, I wasn't no really idea. interested I just wanted to go off on a riff by myself for <laughs> 20 minutes okay you had a no, great time I had a great old time I had because I, I hadn't seen the short version of what you asked me I hadn't seen this movie since like t- like like 10 years ago right so I had no idea whether it was even going to date uh, well 16 something like that yeah yeah, and so I had no idea whether it was going to even date well, whether the effects were going to hold up, whether it was going to feel naff. Or, uh, fucking awesome. I had an awesome time, It's man. so sick. All the effects held up, I think, bar one. I think the only effect where I noticed that it was like dodgy, outdated CG is when Agent Smith cracks to pieces when Neo goes oh, into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like a very digitally computer-generated bunch of pieces that fly towards the camera. Even when, like, when he's inside him and, mm. like, there's, like, little 
it looks like he's kind of like pushing his way out from the inside. Not just yeah. when he cracks, but yeah, his skin like swells up like he's got fingers running under him or whatever. Yeah. But heaps of it looked that bit. Heaps of the digital stuff looked fucking sick. Like the bit where the skin grows over his mouth looked really good. I was shocked at how fine that looked. And the liquid mirror liquid yeah, metal yeah. mirror on his All hand this, looked dude. awesome. It looked so I suppose sick. they'd nailed that from Terminator as well. So like I guess we had probably, that we yeah, had technology right. that we knew made that look good, whatever. Yeah. I was so blown away by how well the dude going this movie through like T, the T one thousand is that the liquid yeah. one the T one thousand going through the metal bars in Terminator two I know that happened in I think ninety two maybe yeah so like seven years before but that looks way dodgier that's held up way less well this movie yeah. visually holds up a shocking amount not <laughs> not aesthetically uh, the glasses that they wear are goofy as hell. <laughs> um, and like it's all yeah, trench coats and long boots and black leather and stuff. But I that's think really that the, the only shit that doesn't. Yeah, I age think the well. style of the movie is yeah. the thing that's aged the the most poorly. Yeah, Just definitely. like the how fucking cool a leather trench coats, man. It's it committed to that so hard. Yeah, that it it's it's almost forgivable. It, you don't yeah. dress like that now, but it's almost fine well, that these people are dressed like that. They don't look like fucking idiots. No, I, I think that maybe like I probably can't even pinpoint anyone I know. I, actually, I literally can pinpoint someone I know who dresses like that. Oh, but yeah, um, people. <laughs> but like, I think that in the same way as like I don't know Rick and Morty and it's Do- not me by the way. It's not. He's <laughs> not, he's not talking about Rick me. and Morty and Doctor Who suck because of the fans online. Yeah, I feel like this is another movie where like. Maybe people watch The Matrix and I've just been exposed to 20 years of people dressing in long black trench coats and thinking they look cool. Yeah, I think it's the... I don't know. I don't want to shit on people. I have a long black coat. I think it looks cool. I just... That was the only bit of the movie that I noticed looked a bit dodgy was like a lot of the grungy 90s music Mm. and like the 90s techno music. Oh, I love that shit. No, I (laughs) I listen to that type of music anyway. Yeah, right. That like weird... Grungy '90s technique music and the long black leather trench coats and sunglasses and things was the only bit that I thought was a bit naff. Yeah, but within the context of the movie, right, it works so well. And like all of the, so one thing that we both noticed, I think, is that the editing in this movie, or maybe it was, uh, so we saw it with uh, a whole bunch friend of, of the show, Zach. Yeah, the editing in this movie is fucking crazy good. It's it hits every single moment perfectly. It's a little bit like uh, Fight Club's editing. Where I don't really know what you mean by good editing. Do you just mean like what do you what do you mean? There's never a moment where uh, it's it's the like the pacing of the story is great and every shot feels like the exact thing that you want to see next, right? And it yeah. I don't I don't really know exactly how to describe it, but just there's the way that it cuts to people's reactions or stays on certain people at certain points in time where you really figure they probably shot coverage of that scene, but it sticks yeah. on that character talking or whatever is really good. It just feels like you're always looking at the exact right thing, you know? And, and there's, I don't know, it, it just, there's some movies where you notice that they're doing, it's like, oh, they're doing a long take here and I think it's because they want to build tension. There's yeah. none of that shit in this movie. There's some long takes in this movie, but you never think, I feel like they did that so that I would feel a certain way. Right. Or even or, if it's achieving that, it's just doing it. Even just like when it's impressive to have a long take and you notice the fact that it's a long take and that's impressive. Like right. It doesn't break this, you out of it. This will have a long take that you didn't notice was a long take because all it was doing was making you feel something. Yeah, that's fair. That type of shit. I really... 
well, something that I noticed in terms of editing when I'm watching action movies is that ever since I think some there was some Jackie Chan video online where he pointed out that a lot of Western movies are cut at the hits. Or maybe I was maybe they it was cut. the born identity thing. At some point I became aware of the fact that action movies are cut such that there are no hits ever happening. American movies cut away before the moment of contact and what uh, that video I think that you're talking about or yeah. like the general thesis, And this is the video I said that does it is as that well, it, yeah. it cuts twice so that it shows the moment of impact on for two frames or so and then it cuts to another angle and shows the moment of impact again. So people actually get hit twice and it feels like way more impactful but also it means obviously they don't have to hit the actor they can just like go shoot the fist flying towards the actor mm. and then cut as the actor is flying away but it doesn't feel real and, and it I suppose it's, if it's done well and quickly, you sort of just can't really follow what's happening. Mm. You sort of see lots of different cuts and lots of fists flying. You go, I believe you, there's a fight happening. But in this movie, it doesn't do that nearly as much. No. And they had... They have full sparring scenes that never don't never cut. cut. They trained doing kung fu eight hours a day, five days a week for four months. Yeah. Yeah. For months. They, they they got this guy... They would have been so bruised and tired and shit. The Wachowskis got um, a Hong Kong kung fu movie specialist from Hong Kong or something mm. who got him and his whole crew of like Chinese kung fu experts, half of them who didn't even speak English, to come and train Keanu and uh, Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> and Carrie Ann Moss. Yep. Um, on the Kung Fu for this movie. And they all had like different specific trainers and they all learned their own styles of Kung Fu mm. and they all like got good at Kung Fu. And so there's all sorts of shows like the, the, the fight scene in the bathroom where they bur- Morpheus bursts through the wall. There's so many awesome fight scenes in this movie and all the shit where they go really yeah. quickly and all this like the blocking and quick punches and things that Morpheus and Neo do. They actually fucking did. Yeah. And it's sped up, and they're on wires for some of it. But they they actually did the stuff on the wires, like the stuff where Carrie Ann Moss flips around on the wall is actually her doing it. It's yeah. fucking sick. Yeah, it's it, you really. It's like I mean, it's kind of the same difference that we talked about before, where like things that are practical effects just look more convincing because they're actually happening. It's yeah. the um, Christopher Nolan approach to doing stunts. Yeah. Like, if you can, you should actually be doing that. Yeah, a lot of the green screen stuff. Something that um I was imp- I suppose. The way they did the bullet time shot hmm. was like a very groundbreaking shot for the time. That's the scene where like it happens several times in the movie where the camera will swing 360 all the way around like a fight scene that's happening in slow motion. And the way they did that, because they didn't have the technology to do it really at the time, was they built this metal frame that was built to hold like... 150 still cameras. It's like 150 DSLRs on pedestals around on like green screen pedestals in a circle around whatever's happening and then they have that hooked up to a computer system that just tells the DSLRs when to take the photos yeah and then they stitch it together manually yeah and apparently the way they got that was they were like we would like to work out a way they were talking with industry types about like we'd like to work out a way of getting this shot to happen and this one of the guys that was like couldn't you just do it like this? And they're like, I don't understand what you said, but you're hired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they, 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 it was like this fucking 19-year-old Some kid, kid straight was like, out of uni. Why do you do something like it was this? Like, I don't know how exactly you would do it, but I would do it like this. And they were like, oh, no one has thought of that. Yeah. You're hired. And he's like, I have 
no experience. <laughs> and they're like, it doesn't matter. It's like if the, you came up with that solution, you are on the crew. It's like the guy from The Thing who was just yeah, re- yeah. Like, made lots of weird models of heads and blood and shit in his garage and then got a got a job on The Thing doing all the blood and the special effects for all, the, all that shit. Yeah, it's so sick. So the cinematography in this movie was done by Bill Pope. Yeah, and he, we talked who, about that before. He did an episode of that Roger Deakins podcast. He did. And he broke down a lot of the... A lot of the experience of shooting this movie. Uh, if you're interested, if you're a fan of The Matrix, I would highly recommend listening to the episode of the, yes, the Deacons podcast, uh, Team Deacons, yeah. I think it's called, where, yes, Bill Pope talks about it because he kind of <laughs> says, like, maybe a little too much, <laughs> and it's really great. But he's done the cinematography for, so he did Baby Driver, The New Jungle Book, uh, World's End, the uh, Simon Pegg yeah. film. Men in Black 3, he did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, so he's worked with Edgar Wright a couple of times. Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 2, Team America World Police. What's the weird movies uh, where I don't really care about the All three Matrix well. movies, yeah. Um, he, he's, he, he did shitloads, and Heaps uh, of big Hollywood all of his movies well. look really great. Yeah, so I yeah. was really impressed by it. Yeah, I'm still just blown away by how good the movie looked, man. Like All the sets were great. Apparently, they built... Like heaps and heaps of sets for this movie. Mm. There was lots of green screen. Like we saw the green screen happening in bullet time. Um, there was lots of sets where they had to like one but of the also, scenes. Also, it's not. It's. I mean, maybe it's really. If you had someone like walking you through it, it might be obvious when something's a set and when something's not. Like the fucking Nebuchadnezzar's obviously yeah. a set, but you don't really. It's not obvious that no, they're it all like looks not real. on location. Yeah. If you told me like no, they were actually on the rooftop for that. Like yeah, they had to green screen a couple of buildings in, but they were actually on the rooftop. I would think like oh. Fuck. Okay, I guess you. you but the just, rooftop's it holds a set. Up. Yeah, right. The exactly. rooftop is a set, and they had. So I, the, what reminded me was that Bill Pope talked about specifically how he lit one of those sets. But yeah. um, like the rooftop, they they had a state of the art new warehouse that they used in Sydney. That was like the first. Yeah, so a first, lot of this film was filmed in Sydney, yeah, Australia. They were the first production comp, the first movie to use this new studio, and they built all the sets in a the studio. Mm. There's like a giant fucking like airplane hangar size backdrop of a city that they rolled out. Yeah, like a, almost like one of those like. White sheet like psych screens, yeah, yeah, the just a big piece of that, but like four times that big yeah. with the big picture of the city on the back, and they just had the rooftop built there. Mm. Like, it's inst- it, maybe all movies do this, but it was just astounding to me to watch this making of and see all the different sets. They built a set for when they're crawling through the walls. They right. built. <laughs> yeah. They built a set that was like two stories high of just and walls. a foot wide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then like two meter, two meters deep, a foot wide, and like three stories high. Yeah. So that the characters could crawl down the cavity in the wall. And Bill Pope was saying it was really weird to light because they had to light it like only from the top through the hole that they'd cracked in the yeah, wall. Yeah. And then have the light be consistent and believable like the whole way down the crevice. And they had to shoot it in a really weird way. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's sick. It's so, and the, the thing that I think really shone through to me on that podcast was how he spoke about the way that the Wachowski sisters talked to studio executives in ways that no one else does where they just said um we're doing it this way and because they felt like basically that they, they never thought this was going to get funding and all of a sudden it did and it got yeah. way more funding than they expected they were they basically felt like they were playing with house money and so they're like well we don't know if we'll ever get to make another movie ever again so let's just so fuck it <laughs> let's just try and make the best movie that we can and if we burn yeah. all bridges making the best movie who cares if we had a cool movie who the fuck cares yeah, yeah exactly because we already got way further than we thought we would so it's just 
it's all up from here. I heard somewhere that at some point they spent the whole budget that they were given on that opening sequence where Carrie Ann Moss runs and gets into the phone booth. Right. And they spent like a they they were given some giant amount of money and then they spent it all making that first sequence and they were like, We have no money left, but this is what <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this but this is, is what it looks we like. Made this yeah. like five minute long clip. Fuck. Yeah. But if you saw that first ten minutes, yeah. man. Oh god. Um Okay. What did you think? You you sort of we were sort of Oh, I love this fucking movie. And I I don't just love the way that it looks or the way that it feels to watch, but I also think that the storyline is one of the most innovative. I know that it's not exactly yeah, like and the scripty world building aspect to it is really well done. Yeah. And it, I'm impressed by how like there are so many scenes from this movie that I felt were in this movie that are in the next one and it feels so natural the way mm. the progression goes between the first movie and the second movie and the way the world opens up more and more and the way they it's explore the this whole world. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it, it's sort of... Like, I'm impressed by the scope of them being able to write a whole trilogy. I feel like... But even this first one, I feel like it's easy to make fun of this for being like a big galaxy brain movie. But it's like, what you're forgetting is this was a blockbuster, man. They don't write movies like this. Yeah. They don't make movies that are these like strong philosophical concepts that have this type of action movie budget. Like, I don't know if there are other action movies that have this much fucking action in them. This has helicopters getting crashed into the side of fucking buildings. Yeah. And it's about, like, what the meaning of consciousness and life is and, like, the extension of AI into humanity's future and shit. Like, and it's also a kung fu movie. Right. And it's also a science fiction movie. Like, how the fuck do you did you cram all of that into, like, a two-hour script? Yeah, the fact that this movie even got made is amazing. I yeah. Think. And it's like, it, okay, it's two hours, 16. Like, it's a pretty long movie. But it's not that fucking long. Yeah. It's not like a three hour and a half film. It's incredibly tight writing. And I think it really holds up. It takes itself the perfect amount of seriously where there's certain characters that really break up the... Like, um, Cypher, played by uh, Joey Pants, is <laughs> very fucking funny. Yeah. In his delivery, he's so dry and sarcastic, but he's also like the fucking evil character. You almost hate him more than you hate Smith, because at least Smith is evil the whole time. He doesn't betray them, but then like Cypher's yeah. Cypher is so disappointing. And to have the humor come from that too is really great because it, you you really like him at first and he's very like relatable because um, I'm also quite funny. <laughs> and then He's the biggest point of betrayal. Like it's really tough. I like. Um, I like the way it's all the, just so well written. It man. is very well written. I like the way that all the characters heaps of there's heaps of characters in this movie. Yeah, maybe not heaps, but the point is like you've got Agent Smith, you've got Neo, you've got Trinity, you've got Morpheus, you've got like five more crew members on the ship. Yeah, you got um, Dozer and Tank. I th- and I think they're all remember Mouse, Matt Doran. Oh yeah, I think they're all very quickly and very effectively characterized in a way that makes you love all these characters. Mm. Like immediately, they are, yeah. Like you, you warm to Mouse. You get an idea of who he is, and Dozer, and Tank, and Cipher, and all these different. And it it sort of gives you this understanding. I don't know how they do it, but it gives you this understanding of how the characters are going to react in all these different situations, and sort of ties you to them emotionally in a way that I wasn't expected that was going to happen. Like with, with like a, an ens- big ensemble cast, mm. you could easily fuck it. And I feel like you don't learn much about Switch, for example. There's that dude with the dreads. You don't really learn no, much about. No, but you know what I remember is I remember these moments that they have where she yeah. says, not like this. I remember the way that she says that. And I've remembered it since the first time I watched this movie. They give those smaller characters such 
strong yeah, moments. They really they leave this big impression. Yeah, on they you. do. And, I, I think and obviously that's partially due to the performances, but it's yeah. also that they've given those characters the opportunity to be brilliant. Yeah, and I think it's interesting the way the, it's a. I think it's a common analysis of the movie that like as Neo dives more becomes like more machine like mm. as he dives more into the Matrix. Smith is becoming more human. Yeah. And I it's really the like the way, yeah. <laughs> I really like the way that um, fucking Agent Smith. That I can't believe uh, Hugo Weaving. I really like his performance. I think it's great. Mm. It's so good. It's he's very uncanny. Very he's uncanny, really and fi- he's very good at being like machine-like and creepy and AI. Yeah. In a way where it's very believable that he's a computer program, which I yeah. don't know how the fuck you'd act like. It's like almost a bit like Prometheus kind of thing, where you sort of have to act a bit like a robot, and the way that he becomes more, more fragile and more human as the movie goes on. Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. Where he looks like he's had the, the shit beaten out of him and he just looks like like when he's drunk with how bruised and beaten and up stuff. he is. Yeah. He looks so good. I wanted to talk about this. I think this movie is perfectly cast. Oh, yeah. I think the... F- like, Keanu Reeves, I'm not always blown away by his performances. In fact, I'd go as far as to say as I'm often not blown away by his performances. I think I like him. I haven't seen him in much stuff. No, but he's very stiff, and uh, he's quite. he's got quite an endearing on-screen presence, but I think he... I don't know. He doesn't emote feels very like much. the perfect role, yes. Because I don't know why, but he's so, like... It's his persona is so well placed as someone who is like struggling through this life changing thing, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know what it is about his presence on screen, but he just feels like the perfect character to go through that stuff. I where think he's like he, kind of quiet, but learns to be confident. I think he feels like a very blank, very, like a, a very blank canvasy kind of character. That is almost the whole point of his character is that it doesn't matter who he is, he serves this larger purpose in in the Matrix and the real world. But I also don't think you learn very much about him in a way that I found was a bit frustrating. Maybe he's, what, like Neo? Yeah, you don't really learn that much about him. It's sort of... Mm. I don't know. I, I sort of like... I, and, and then I almost... like where they, they they show the... Yeah, I'm not really sold at his performance because they, they show a lot of bits where they're like, oh my God, he's amazing and no one else can do this. But I sort of almost wish that we had another half an hour to sort of show us why whatever the fuck Neo is doing in the Matrix is amazing. You don't get enough time with the characters in the Matrix to appreciate what Neo is doing to bend the rules of the Matrix that they can't do. I think you just kind of have to believe the other characters' reactions, where they're so astonished yeah. that they've they've like never seen anyone slow down time like that or whatever. Yeah, and even Trinity and like uh, Carrie Ann Moss is sort of similar to me to uh, Keanu Reeves, where I've seen her in some other stuff and it's been like. She's okay. She's pretty good. Have you seen... Um, Not uh, recently. I only saw her in stuff that she did sort of between modern day and, and The Matrix. She plays uh, like a girlfriend character in Memento. And she's no, really, I've she's never seen really that. good in that. Okay, cool. So maybe she just has... Maybe I saw like a bit of a dud movie or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was a dud script. But um, she is also great in this movie because she's sort of like Keanu that she's very... she's. V- She's got. She doesn't emote a lot at all. And yeah. She's obviously, got so many fucking doors closed emotionally in this film, um, but she just has this strength to her character and this like on-screen presence where you never expect her to 
crack and be human, but then the it makes the moments where she does crack around Neo so much more like meaningful. Yeah. Um Lawrence Fishman is like one of the most human performances. It's I think kind of funny that he is, yeah. Him, uh obviously Oracle, uh played by Gloria Foster, R. I. P. died in two thousand fucking one. <laughs> I didn't realise that shit. Damn. That was before The Matrix Reloaded, which was filmed in two thousand three, which she was in. <laughs> Uh, two years posthumously. So, yeah, I I think, I don't know. I just think this movie is almost perfectly cast. Man. Like, there's not a single character that I don't believe. I couldn't, I, don't, I can't, and I wanted to do an exercise with you. Um, yeah. Because I, I find it really difficult to imagine if I had to recast this film, who else I would get. Well, famously. But if you had to recast this movie with actors from today, uh. not actors from the time, who would you put? Who would be Neo Morpheus Trinity Agent well, Smith? Famously, Will Smith was offered the role of Neo first right. and turned it down. Right. Did you know that? Uh, I think I've heard that. He was offered the role and turned it down apparently because yeah. he didn't really understand the pitch and he was like, "Oh, this sounds confusing." You're no, and then his wife was in number two and three. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, that is hard. I reckon that um, Chris Pratt. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck. I think that uh. Who's the Spider-Man, Spider-Twink, that kid? Oh. Tom Holland. Uh, Mr. I think, Uncharted, yes. Tom I think Holland. Tom Holland would be a good mouse. Okay, let's stick to... <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Um, let's stick to Neo Morpheus Trinity. And, and next, who so I'm going to cast is Tank. <laughs> Dozer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's I hard. actually thought... Um, uh, John David Washington. Would be a good... As Neo. Uh, because yeah, I, he, I haven't really been tenet, that impressed by his No, neither stuff. have I, but that's why I think he'd be good because <laughs> he, he's so reserved. <laughs> and yeah, but he, see, oh, I thought it was like, I'll give him a shot. Fuck I, it. <laughs> I feel like he almost reminds me of Keanu Reeves on screen where he's, he shows so little emotion yeah. that when he does, it's quite meaningful. And he just has these moments of like really cracking through and you're like, whoa, fuck, what was that? What do you think about uh, Robert Downey Jr. as like Morpheus? Is that shit? <laughs> Is that weird? I think he'd be good. I think he's too funny. I think he doesn't... Agent I, Smith? I feel like he doesn't... I'm going to get my boy oh, RDJ in something. Robert Downey Jr. is Agent Smith. Agent Smith. God. Maybe. All right, we won't do it. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I, it's that's an interest, That's a really interesting one. I'm, I'm trying to process what he would look like <laughs> as, as Morpheus. Like... He just um, look like Iron Man. All right, I'll tell you what. We'll split the difference. He can be Trinity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe like Jennifer Lawrence as Trinity because I feel like she... Oh, no, nah, I don't see that. I don't love her as... I don't, she's not my favorite actor, but I feel like she kind of comes across on screen similarly to how Carrie Ann Moss does, where she's like quite, again, quite... A bit cold, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't really see that. I think that I think that you need an actress that's very. I, I find Jennifer Lawrence quite warm and emotive in a lot of movies in a way that I don't. I don't think that. I, I don't think she's nearly. I, how about fucking mm. if she was a bit younger? Um, what the fuck is the name of the actress that was in Monster? Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. How about Charlize she Theron as Trinity? She would be a great Trinity. Boom. We're I'll give done. you that. I mean, she she's could have been Trinity in the original film as yeah, well. But she's, yeah, she's old sure. enough that she could okay. have been Trinity that's, in the original one. That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. Right. Uh, I think that's a good call. Um, are there any women that would do a really good job as Neo? 
I don't know, again, it's so weird that they're all very flat, very flat wooden characters. I'd love to see Charlize Theron be Neo. Yeah, I, 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 again, cool she's, she's a bit old, but yeah, I mean, she's 45. I mean, she did uh, Fury Road. Yeah, I suppose so. I think you're, you're probably right. She's probably um, a bit over the hill. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I wish if I was better at actors, I, I don't think I'm very good at Morpheus this game. Morpheus is so fucking... I just think it's interesting to, to, yeah. to talk about. Morpheus is so Lawrence Fishburne in my head that when I see him in shit like John Wick, I'm like, fuck you, man. That is obviously That's just Morpheus, just Morpheus. again. Um, that it, yeah, it's tough to. All right, this one should be fun though. Yeah, Agent Smith. I'm looking at who uh, is menacing as hell. I've got an screen. answer for this. Uh, Michael Shannon. You know Michael oh, Shannon. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd be great. He's good. He played yeah. the um That's the dude true. with the walking stick in uh, Knives Out and uh the Shape of Water. He was the bad guy and he was quite fucking evil. I think Michael Shannon would be fucking great. That is that's Smith. a good fucking Agent Smith. That's a good Agent Smith. Fuck. Mm. If listeners can think of any good ones, they're probably tearing their That's hair sick. out right now. Okay, let's go Cypher. Who <laughs> could do Joey Pantaleone? Oh, you got to get him back. Yeah. got to get him back. The the, the pants. Joe Pants. <laughs> um, who's a... Maybe like... Oh, fuck. How about a bit this? Sinister. How about so this? What he said about it, he's Ryan sin- Gosling. Think of, <laughs> think of the way he like jumps onto Trinity and he's like... Trinity... I thought we could work out. He's like quite. I don't know. He's, I, th- I think Ryan Gosling's too way so- more animated. I think I think Ryan Gosling's too softly spoken for that. I he think that's like, what would Trinity. make him seem so much. But think about it. Okay, so don't think about Blade Runner Ryan Gosling. Think about Nice Guys Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can we get Russell Crowe in this movie? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Yeah. Can we get I Russell Crowe as Morpheus? Be whitewashing Morpheus, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think he's too... Too, sh- too shit. He's actually quite, like... I know that he's often, like, quite threatening. Russell Crowe as Agent Smith. No, I'm too happy with Michael Shannon. I think Michael, Michael Shannon's Shannon, fucking perfect. they got to have a fucked up face, man. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Or, like... Um, Can we get our pats in this movie? Who's a... Yeah, dude. I was just going to suggest I'm looking that. at the cast list of Tenet. <laughs> right. Elizabeth Debicki... As Trinity, Elizabeth Tobacco as Trinity might not be that bad. She's quite Fuck like it. Kenneth Branagh is Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll get them all the it'll Fuck. <laughs> Didn't they do? We'll do the uh, day, we'll do the Days of Our Lives Back to the Future thing when um uh, weren't they both? W- weren't wasn't Lawrence Fishburne um in Othello and uh, Kenneth Branagh was Iago? <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, so they've done the yeah the Kenneth Branagh evil thing. Oh, this Clements. Look, looking at the tenant cast list just unashamedly yeah, now. Fuck off. Clarence <laughs> Posey, that French chick that played the scientist in Tenet. Oh, yeah, okay. She's cold and emotionless. She could be Trinity. Yeah. Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley would be a good Trinity. Who the fuck is that? She's the uh, young hippie woman in um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The one with what the about, feet? Are we looking at DiCaprio or Brad Pitt? DiCaprio would be an excellent Morpheus, I reckon. I can see DiCaprio because okay, so see here's something. Oh, what about Brad Pitt as Morpheus, dude? That'd be fucking sick. That would, that because would be he can sick. fight. Brad Pitt can fight. Yeah. I can see him getting the shit beaten out of him and being able to really carry that. If he really did well. a little bit Tyler Durden when he was trying to get Neo to fucking open his eyes. 
I think that's yeah, cool. that would be pretty cool. Brad Pitt is good, that and also good. he would have been too young to do it back in the nineties. He, yeah, he's, he's old, old enough now. now that he can do it. Yeah, man, get the weathered Brad Pitt. That's pretty cool. I like oh, that. That a would lot. be good. That would be sick. Uh, Michael Fassbender was in Prometheus playing a, playing a robot. Fassbender could do an okay Neo. You reckon? Fassbender could do an okay Neo. I guess maybe he just like looks the most similar to Keanu Reeves. But he, you're right. He can be quite robotic. Who have we? Whose performances have we loved in recent shit? I like Robert Pattinson. Al Pacino is Morpheus, <laughs> man. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> hit me! <laughs> Stop trying to hit Stop me, and hit, hit me. me and hit me! <laughs> oh, man. That's sick. All right. That's okay, <laughs> you take the blue pill. You wake up and you yeah. live a wild of a dream you world. Take the blue pill. <laughs> you wake up. You live in a dream. <laughs> Hey, the red pill. We'll see how deep this rabbit hole goes. That's so sick. Ah, oh, fuck. Or like, um, yeah. I don't think this can't be good listening anymore. I think we so. Need, we this need is fun, man. We got to think of. I, I think that Robert Pattinson I, I saw, would be yeah, good in something. Yeah, yeah. I think I would either cast Robert Pattinson or John David Washington as Neo. That would be that would be fucking. I think sick. you're right though. Robert Pattinson as Mouse is perfect casting. Uh, no, I, I didn't say that. Cool. I said fucking Spider Twink as Mouse. No, Robert Pattinson's way funnier than that guy. Robert Pattinson would be good as <laughs> that creepy dude with the 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 creepy dude that picks up the floppy disk at the beginning of the movie with the white rabbit tattoo girlfriend. Oh yeah, Robert yeah. Pattinson's been playing dirtbags pretty well. Recently. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Ryan Gosling as Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Just try and pass it off. You like the fuck woman yeah. in the red dress? Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to fuck her? <laughs> that would be very funny. Fuck, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got to be in movies. Can we get Ooh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in? As, yeah. Would he be? A, he's too. Again, he's too old. He, could, he's not he too old. could do Neo. I reckon JGL. I reckon JGL if this is five or ten years Neo. ago, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be a fucking sick Neo. Yep. I reckon we're doing it. Yep. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, I reckon we got three choices there. We could do, yeah. Ellen um, Page would be a good mouse. Ellen Page would be a good fucking Neo, dude. You reckon? Yeah. I was just thinking, like, which women could play this character of Neo. Which characters? I haven't seen her in much action any, stuff. Any female characters that have done, like, having their fucking eye. If she, you know what? If she was less funny, I'd say Aubrey Plaza. Could do an yeah, okay she's too Neo. weird. She's too, <laughs> she's too strange on screen, but I well, feel Aubrey like Plaza she's is really Trinity? well... <laughs> I yeah, I literally thought that and I was like, no, she's too fucking funny, dude. Like <laughs> she'd be like, Yeah, I love you, Neo. Fuck this bitch is so funny. Uh oh, man. yeah, no. I-, I think she's too dry. She's too dry. Yeah, she is a I bit. love her as like I'd love her as mouse. <laughs> like yeah? when she's trying to tear up the porn. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Um, um yeah, I like Oscar Isaac and a lot of stuff. I oh, think Oscar yeah. Isaac could be a good Oscar Morpheus. Isaac as part of the Maybe I like Oscar Isaac as part of the crew on the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. You're right. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm officially. This, having this fun is cool. This I is like good. this shit. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Anyone for um, Oracle? What's the name of the dude that's in Get Out? Oh yeah, yeah. Lakeith Stanfield. No, we that's did not that who guy you were already. No, Lakeith <laughs> Stanfield. We didn't. The guy from Sorry to Bother You. He would be. He would also be a great fucking Neo, man. I think Lakeith. I'd cast Lakeith Stanfield as Neo. That's that's my personal. You reckon? 100%. Yeah, you're thinking of uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. He'd be fucking sick. 
I'd love him once again as part of the crew. Part of the crew. But I'd get Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> Fucking Adam Sandler is Morpheus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's legitimately a great Run, idea. He would fucking kill. Trying to hit me and fucking hit me. <laughs> that's a good idea. I'm completely on board with this. As Howie Bling as Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck it. I'm so sad. I'm so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that would, would be, be so so good. That would that would be that's sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Take Fuck. me out. Get out. <laughs> Come on, Neo, get the fuck up! <laughs> Julia Fox's Trinity. Oh man, Jesus! Oh now, now we got it's ourselves a movie. <laughs> now we're talking. Dude. <laughs> we'll make the Matrix shot for shot, but Trinity's got back. Yeah, and she's like, it does the bullet time thing, and her ass is just moving. <laughs> just, <laughs> Shit, just, just as her she's ass. running. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. Fuck. That is that is insane. Uh, oh. Yeah, I reckon Lakeith Stanfield is Neo. We got <laughs> Adam Sandler. It's literally just the cast of Uncut Gems, man. All the weird fucking guys <laughs> that work in the New York Diamond <laughs> District or the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oh, that's good stuff. Fuck it, Mouse is one of the NBA players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah fuck. That's so fucking funny, man. Oh, all right. That was worth it. That was worth oh, it. Oh, actually, who plays the guy Fuck. that who plays his his um uh the older brother or the stepbrother that lends him the money in Uncut Gems? Because he'd be a good agent, Smith. Man, he's menacing as hell. I don't know who the fuck you're. Oh, the guy that smokes all the time. He's yeah. way too old. You mean the guy that is in the glass? Oh, the, with the curly hair. Yeah, the, that's in the glass box yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah. I, he's, I think he's too old. I, to I just play like Agent how Smith. menacing is. Well, I you, I think you're right. I, I was gonna say Willem Dafoe, but who, right, what's that's the another name good of the guy one. that you said? Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon is like a younger Willem Dafoe because they both look and he's fuck, fucked up. And he's fucking creepy in Shape of Water yeah. as well. You're right. Yeah, I think I, think, I did. No, nail you it. you nailed it. I reckon that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right, man. I I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that'll do. Jamie Fox is Morpheus. Oh shit! That's good. That is good. That's really good. Right? Jamie Foxx is Morpheus. That is really good. Come on, man. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. That's Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles as Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home, I was getting the head bob act out yeah, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yep. Uh, All right, that's our recast for the Matrix. Good. If somebody could just type that up and tell us what we figured out, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, got a, you got a smorgasbord there to choose from, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. I think we did a good job. <laughs> that's our discussion of the fucking Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, that'll do. Join us next week for, I don't know, fucking Gladiator. Who cares at this yeah, point? Yeah, right. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> I haven't seen. We'll find something. Well, you guys keep trying to tell me to do the fucking Big Lebowski, and that's the whitest white dude movie that there is. So <laughs> that movie's fucking sick. Now, there's some there's some movies coming out in the cinema soon that I actually mm. do want to see. Mm. There's a new Bill Murray, Sophia Coppola movie. There's oh, a shit. new Corpus. I keep. I, I know I keep saying this, but oh, uh, I cut that Cor- out of it last Corpus week. Christi got a members release. Uh, it's now getting a general release. Corpus Christi, go and see it. It's at Palace Cinemas. It's distributed by them, so I think that's the only place it'll be. And <laughs> I cut that out of the last episode because it was just preview screenings, and it took me so long to edit that the previous screenings were done. Right, okay, so that, <laughs> sure. So uh, Corpus Christi has got a general release, ago. a Polish film about the young father that's impersonating the father. Uh, it, that's that's really great. And also Black Bear, which is that movie I talked about. Is that about. coming out? 
So I don't know, but now it's got a poster and a trailer, and it never had any of that shit before. So now so it's probably, I reckon probably, it's probably gonna, gonna get a general release. Aubrey Plaza is big Fuck enough yeah. to pull names. So, so we got some exciting movies coming up. We're Corpus not just watching Christie's DVDs. Coming soon. out. Watch oh, out for Black Bear. Cool. That was the episode. Follow us on Facebook. Email us. Links are in the description for all that type shit. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us on another week's episode tell of Beach Station. Tell us if there's movies that you want us to watch. Also, we never yeah. say this, but tell your fucking friends tell your to listen friends. to this podcast. We're proud we won't of this do thing. it. We won't plug this shit to people that we know. It's very embarrassing to do a podcast when you're a white man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tell your friends. Tell your uh, friends. Please do tell your friends. We'd like more people to listen to it. We think this is good. Sorry it's about the Matrix, but also I think this is pretty funny. I so. think this is fun. <laughs> good well, out. Thanks for joining us. See you later. I'm yeah. Oscar. Love you. Love you. Love you. I'm Andrew. Bye. Bye. Bye.